right, well, welcome everyone to another Rosedale follow-up chapel podcast. My name's Erica, and I'm excited to be here this morning. I think it's still morning for us. It is. So I'm excited to be here this morning. Um, and I'm here with um, Esther Martin again, which is a student in your first year, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yes. And you're about to go on tour soon, is that right? Yes, for Salt and Light. Salt and we and Light. just got back from our Rosedale Corral tour, so that was also really fun. Very cool. I'm excited. I think I get to travel with them, so I'm excited to, to see them perform more. So, um, But we're also here with Vicki Sayers, who is the uh, woman of the morning. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, she shared in chapel with this morning. This morning, so Vicky, you can go ahead and introduce yourself. Kind of give us a recap of a little bit of what you talked about this morning, too. Okay, um, I am an adjunct faculty person here. I teach creative writing in the spring and intro to lit in the fall. Um, and when I'm home, I write. So I was asked to do this chapel talk, and every time that happens, I have to stop and think and pray. What can I say? What would be helpful? And I landed on John 21, which has been a very rich passage for me in Scripture. And I talked about how destructive comparison can be. And I used the quote, comparison is the thief of joy. And I elaborated on that in my chapel talk. Very cool. What made you, so as you were processing, is there certain things that made you realize this is what I wanted to talk about? Well, very often when this happens, when I'm asked to speak or to write or to do something, I go with what is um, has been occupying my mind and heart for the last so many months or whatever. In this case, my entire life. <laughs> but you know. Um, and this is something I've really, really been struggling with lately. Um, especially during the winter, because, you know, winter. And winter blues are terrible. Yeah, yeah. And so I've been struggling um, from, I said that I write, and I've been trying to get a novel published for some time now. And I've gotten really good feedback on the novel. And um, even won uh, a nice grant for an ex- excerpt from it. I really? mean, that was a great high point. Yeah. However, getting it published has been a real bear. So at this point, I'm like looking at what I've written and thought, I must be a terrible writer. Because <laughs> looky there, everyone Not else fun. is getting published. <laughs> it's just, so I had to really struggle with it because this mm-hmm. has been a very long time dream. Mm-hmm. So I do find that... Um, walking down the beach with Jesus and Peter and watching that happen and then putting myself in Peter's place and hearing Jesus say, if I want him to live until I come back, what is that to you? Mm-hmm. You must follow me. Mm-hmm. And I don't picture it. When I first read that, when I was a younger soul, I, I sort of pictured Jesus saying, what is that to you? you know? yeah, <laughs> right. But I don't think that's, I think he just loved Peter to death. And I think he knew what Peter was struggling with. And after all, he had just told Peter he was going to die right. a martyr's death. He did mercifully insert the fact that when he's old, so Peter knew he had some time, but that's a very heavy thing. Mm-hmm. And then I'm the subtext in our literature course, we talk about subtext. It's, it's what's between the lines. Mm-hmm. Two people are talking and they're supposedly saying this and this, but they're really saying something else. And I feel like that passage is full of subtext. And one part of that is the ongoing thought that John might be the favorite. (laughs) Because who did they say? You ask him. You ask him. Who's leaning against Jesus' breast? Who breast? (laughs) Who who um 
repeatedly describes himself as the disciple Jesus loved? Well, it's John, you know, and who doesn't die a martyr's death? I don't think. I don't think. Um, maybe. He's, Wait. Did he? No. I'm thinking of the other John, I think. <laughs> Never mind. The other John. John oh, the yeah. Baptist, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. For oh. sure. He did. <laughs> um, where was I, Erica? Oh, boy. Uh, between the lines, John was the favorite. Oh, yeah. I don't think he was. I think that that John was the disciple Jesus loved, and Peter was the disciple Jesus loved, and I am the disciple Jesus loves. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very hard to really believe that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I like- and, and hold on to it. And anyway, the only thing that I gives me clarity when I'm in these deep, deep depressions, I guess, they, they verge on depression, um, is looking at Jesus' face and, mm-hmm. and just, and you know, nothing else quite works like that. And it's not like Jesus sugarcoats it, but somehow I trust that when he's saying, what is that to you? You follow me. It's a part of his love for me. And so I feel freed by that. If you read self-help books or listen to certain sermons, if you're inclined to beat yourself up anyway, well, that's just death because <laughs> they don't really beat yourself up. And I always wonder, why are you being so mean when you're, <laughs> it's like, oh, your fault and you just need to do this better. And I'm like, no, 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 I do not need to hear that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I need Jesus, which is, sounds oversimplifying, but it is not. No, it's not. Oh, yeah. That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> what, okay. So you talked, uh, what was the comment you made about the tone of Jesus's voice? Then I thought, well, or in my early days, yeah, I, I thought he was, you know, saying, what's that to you? you know, not, like not quite that bad. A little stuck up. And- no, no, <laughs> oh. no. Tough. 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 Okay, okay, okay. Not, not quite like I just said it, but more like, what is that to you? Yeah. Like yeah, stern. 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 Mm. stern Jesus. Okay. And um, I don't believe that. Now that's not how I hear it. Mm-hmm. I think he's full of love. Yeah. And, um, and still tells the truth. Right. Yeah which is a really good combination that is very hard. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's the one. So like with reading words, a lot of it's left up to our interpretation of tone. And like you just mm-hmm. said, a tone can shift the whole meaning of a, which oh, yeah. I think is like, when I think of that, I always like to think, well, so what's the rest of Jesus's character or what's the rest of what I know about Jesus? And does that align with? Exactly. How, exactly. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's encouraging to hear someone who I look up to. And I know a lot of people look up to, especially the writers. I mean, I have a lot of friends who are writers who just really look up to you in a lot of ways. And so it's, it's not to like say I'm encouraged by your continual battle, but I think it's just like, <laughs> it is, it's like, Fuck okay, like, Hey, like Vicky's doing well. And she still struggles sometimes with comparing and not feeling good enough. So it's like, there's, it's okay to feel that way. I think sometimes, yeah. and it's okay to. Yeah. I don't think you move there. past it or, you know, I, I don't think I'm ever going to totally move past it, but I don't think you make progress mm-hmm. if you aren't honest that that's what ha- is happening in you. Right. Yeah, when you were talking about Jesus' tone, you mentioned in your chapel talk that he's your rock and roll Jesus. <laughs> this is what you go back to, like rock and roll Jesus all the way. So you yeah. just want to elaborate a little bit on that for us. Um, well, in the talk, I explain that that's when he says to Peter, if I want John mm-hmm. to stick around till I come back, mm-hmm. what is that to you? 
you must follow me. And I feel like that is very, in my, my artistic world, that's very rock and roll. Yeah. It's concise. It is very true. It is deep. And um, it, doesn't, it doesn't obscure things. And so to me, that's, I, I don't know, I did it in the context of explaining to a mission worker <laughs> why my husband was a rock musician and why I love that, you know, because right. she did not understand, you know, she had not grown up with rock and roll. Mm-hmm. That's good. So it's a term you've used for Jesus on and off. On and no. off. Yeah. Not, I don't use it constantly. It's not like you no, address him, hey, rock I and roll think... Jesus. Oh. No, no, oh. no, I do not do okay. that. I will say that some of my most worshipful, oh boy, I hope this is safe. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my most worshipful moments in life have come when my husband's band is playing because they still get together and play, mm-hmm. and they did all original music. Mm-hmm. And Reuben has one song called "Finally Returning Home," and at the end of it, um, it's it's I mean it's just a glorious song. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's very poetic. It's written. They always wrote music that had Christian content, but for people who didn't know Jesus. And they had a lot of success with that. They weren't playing devotional music for Christians. They were playing artistic music that could open doors for people who didn't believe. Mm-hmm. And when at the end of the song, it really builds up to a crescendo. And I just tend to, um, when I'm dancing to it, I start spinning around and I hold my hands up and I am seriously and truly worshiping. And that's kind of a rock and roll Jesus moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I like that. That's good. I like that too. It's a, yeah, I mean, I think it's a beautiful picture, too, of just like, hey, worship looks different. It's not always going to look the same. You, know? <laughs> you can worship true. in so many ways. So, yeah, that's cool. I'm a, I'm also curious about is, so I know I think you touched it a little bit, just like it's good to have role models and people to look up oh, to. Oh, yeah. So, like, what's the, like, is comparison ever good, basically? I, I think comparison is inescapable. Because this is how we navigate the world. We see, this, we learn from other people. And that's very good. When you've got a good role model or when you've got someone who's willing to be honest about their weaknesses, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I think where it goes off track for me is um, when I was a young mother, I cared so much about being a really good mom and doing everything right because you've got these little lives in your hands. And so I would, and we had lively kids. We, we <laughs> and um, I would read parenting books to try to do this right, and you know consistency, um, you know borders, boundaries, and then if you do this, your kids will get in line and they will do this. And my kids somehow never read that book. <laughs> you know, they j- and I can remember coming, Reuben coming home, and I would be so I'd be like, oh, you know, my kids did not look as neat and tidy and compliant as everyone's kids. And he, he just said, Vicki, we're raising leaders. Leaders are messy. These are the people God has given us. You take delight in them. And that was such a help. Yeah. That was such a help wow. to me. Um, I, I would say I'd gotten off track. I'd gone over the line with the comparison. Now, let me add to this. When I said there are people who seem to be doing things better and there really are people who are doing it better. Yeah. And it's <laughs> and okay to acknowledge that. And it, it's, it's like yeah. really hard because you want to make them be not, you know, they look super successful, but underneath I know it's just terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But it isn't, you yeah. know, they're better Christians. They're doing a better job of it. And, and I have to like, it's hard to keep that in balance. You know? Right. And I think it, at that point you just turn away from that and you look at Jesus and you say, well, but it's me here. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and that's much healthier. Yeah. I think I can have the instinct sometime if I look over and say, well, they're doing it really well. I know I'll never live up to that. I just like turn completely and I'm like, well, I just won't at all engage in that thing. So it's like, I, when I hear that, it's like, oh, like just because you're not going to be like way up here. Exactly. You you still like, it's still good to try and do your best effort and keep learning and growing. And I think you have to recognize how our culture impacts us. And it's a highly, uh, you know, achievement oriented Mm -hmm. culture. Right. And um, you have to fight against that if you're, you're really following Jesus. Right. Which is not to say you're not working hard or trying to achieve, but you have to adjust your sights uh-huh. and not let yourself be taken in. Right. Yeah. Easier but said don't than turn done. your back, Erica, if it's something you're good at. Well, I don't know if I'm good at it. That's the problem. But you'll never know. I, d- I know. That's the other problem. <laughs> <laughs> I run away before. It's a personality problem, I think. But, uh, but no, I think, it. yeah, it's encouraging to say there are always going to be people better than you. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Learn from um like make pointers from them and kind of press into that. But I also think when you were talking, I was like thinking of my time in high school and just the the constant like, well, don't judge me for who I am or I'm gonna be <laughs> me. And just like <laughs> I I just think of just like I remember I forget who it was, but at some point during my high school career, I was like, no, like I want you to judge me and I want you to critique me. And so this is maybe a little bit of a different rabbit trail off of what you were yeah. originally talking about, but it just kind of like the mindset of um, like, especially as Christians, like we want to be holding each other accountable. We want yeah. to be like judging. It has a right negative con context or connotation, but it, I think that mind's just like, Hey, like as a believer, like critique me, tell me what I'm doing. Well, tell me what I'm doing wrong. Like I want to be changing and growing. And you developing. say that as a very healthy, well-integrated individual <laughs> and I applaud you. I mean, I don't always feel that way, but like, <laughs> that's what I want to feel like. I mean, I agree. We need to have accountability, but there's, mm-hmm. um, it, it just so quickly slips into bludgeoning people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and I don't, you know, I don't know. Um, I don't know where those lines always are. I think you just have to tread carefully. They're probably different for each person in some yeah. ways. In my case, it's like, stay away. <laughs> yeah. I will break if you do this anymore. Like already in your own head. You're like, I oh, already no. tell right. myself that every day. So just. <laughs> Sorry, but that's where I am now. No, that's totally fair. That's good. And I think that's like the beauty of personalities and other things. Like I would rather have someone tell me like really blunt, like this is what I think and what you should do. Whereas. Other people don't enjoy that as much. And I think it's totally fine and good. But mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think that's, I appreciated your perspective this morning. Cause I think comparison, I don't know. Can I say, especially for girls, I think it's easier to fall into yeah. that trap. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe an unfair stereotype, but. I don't, I'm, maybe <clears throat> if you just put it in terms of comparison to this imaginary ideal right you know well then everybody's got that guys too they, mm-hmm. they're supposed to live up to the whatever it is they're living up to and That's and true. and that probably doesn't come across well yeah podcast yeah. i was making muscular <laughs> maybe i'll post a muscles. picture later of his <laughs> yeah. muscles i have muscles yeah, i'm sure you do i do push-ups oh, okay <laughs> Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, well, yeah, well, we're about wrapping up here. So I don't know if there's any last questions or comments or maybe maybe we should wrap up with this question of just 
So someone who's just been constantly wrestling with comparison in a negative way and just kind of it's consuming them. What kind of steps of advice or have you found helpful to kind of overcome it? I think if you can, if you're like me, um, your mind gets on a track and it just goes round and round and round and round and says and does the same things, you know, and usually negative things beating me up for this, that, or the other. And I think instead of just trying to shut that voice up, what I do is acknowledge that voice. I'm like, oh, there you are again, voice. <laughs> and and you, you, I just try to um, not hide from that. And I, I got this from my daughter-in-law. I um, say, I describe how that hurts mm. or how it makes me mad or how it makes me feel. And maybe just in one sentence, instead of trying to tell myself the truth about it, which telling yourself the truth about things is good, but I've told myself that truth many, many times. And so what I'm doing now is more short-circuiting that voice. Mm. And so I'll recognize that it's happening, and I will say, ah, oh, there you are. And this really feels bad. And I'm d addressing that mm -hmm. to Jesus. This really feels bad. And then I try to direct my view to the fact that other people experience this too. And I basically pray for all of us. I try to direct, it's called self-compassion if you're not a Christian, mm -hmm. but for me, I'm putting this in a, a Christian context. I direct prayers to them and to me. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, I pray for myself, you know, to quit beating myself up. And, <laughs> and I have a prayer that I say that is really helpful to me. And it's all about light and darkness. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's one of those that you repeat, which I know is, is not really a Mennonite thing, but it helped me because my mind is a noisy place. Right. And if I have something I can focus on, it helps. And so it's Jesus Christ, inner light. Do not let my darkness speak to me. Jesus Christ, inner light. Let me welcome your love. And that's... Amen. Yeah. That's really good. <laughs> it's yeah. helpful to me. Mm -hmm. I like that concept of just, <clears throat> we often think we can pray for others and others can pray for us, but we never like just straight up ask Jesus like, Hey, this is what I need. This is what I feel this is what I want. And yeah. I think that's, that's a good word. I appreciate that. So, well, um, I think our, we're going to wrap up here. So thank you, Vicki, for your time this morning, for sharing with all of us and for, <laughs> she wants me to push the button. <laughs> Wait, we should have Vicki tell a joke to close this oh. out and then you can hit any button you choose. Okay. All right. Ahem. Why did the monkey fall out of the tree? I don't know why. It was dead. <laughs> <laughs> that was the monkey going to heaven. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Celestial music. Celestial music. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. And we hope you enjoyed this conversation. And you can subscribe if you want to hear more. Thanks so much. <laughs>